Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable. And save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast. 800-405-2561. 800-405-2561. 800-405-2561. That's 800-405-2561. Welcome, you're listening to Sports Econ 101, the show where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Bruce McGowan, sports, uh, longtime sports radio personality. Uh, today, we're going to have a guest on for just one segment next uh, next time. Yeah, we've got Jim Barnett, a former Warrior player who also played around uh, the NBA in the 1970s, and he's been a, a analyst for almost, uh, I guess it's been over 30 years on television with the Warriors, you know, very passionate, knowledgeable guy, and he's going to talk a little bit about the Warriors who were the defending NBA champions and uh, gearing up for the postseason, which is uh, just around the corner, so we'll have some fun talking some hoops in just a few minutes. All right, and uh, our trivia theme is uh, going to be more tough baseball questions. In fact, we're going to do a, a little little change. Instead of asking a trivia question next time, to start it off, we're going to ask it this time. Here's our first trivia question. Who hit the first World Series home run ever in Yankee Stadium? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. You like yeah. that one? Yeah, I do. All right. Email Edward at That should be an easy Econ. one, too. Should be. But it's probably a trick question, knowing you. Well, I... <laughs> yeah, knowing you, you I'm always pull these trick questions. I'm such a tricky person. You are a tricky person. <laughs> mm. uh, okay. I know you too well, Edward you, Brown. You're yes, a tricky, you do. tricky guy. Very tricky. Okay. Email Edward at sportsecon101.com, the answer to that question. And this segment of Sports Econ 101 is sponsored by Pacific. Private money providing mortgage investments that are currently yielding over seven and a half percent secured by real estate. Even in today's low interest rate market, they are still paying over seven and a half percent. Check them out at PacificPrivateMoney.com. By the way, those mortgages are very conservative uh, as they are averaging less than 60% loan to value. All right, when we come back, uh, we're going to answer the trivia question. We're also going to have uh, uh, Jim Barnett on. And uh, actually, you know what? Um, I'll tell you what, I asked the trivia question and we gave people enough time to, to, uh, to, to, to email it in. So I'm going to, I'm going to answer it right now. You're going to answer it? I'm going to answer it Can I get a, can I get Yes, of course you can. Go ahead. It's Babe Ruth. Of course it's not. Yeah, that's why it's a trick question. See, (laughs) I knew. It's tricky. It's just not him. Yeah, it's somebody that we've never heard of, right? No, it's somebody you've heard of. Casey Stengel. Casey Stengel. And it was an Inside the Park home run in 1923. You know what's interesting about that? You'll tell me as soon as we get back from break. Don't touch that dial. (laughs) This is Mark Honf, co-host of Mortgage Investing 101. Did you know that you can earn, year in and year out, returns of 8% and more on your savings and retirement accounts? 
Mortgage-backed investment strategies such as trustee investing and mortgage pool funds can do just that. Since 2008, clients of Pacific Private Money have consistently earned high yields on their investments. Find out for yourself how you, too, can profit from these real estate-secured investments. Call 415-883-2150 or visit our website at pacificprivatemoney.com. Experience Mahler's glorious Fifth Symphony, regarded as one of his crowning achievements, conducted by Michael Tilson Thomas, starting March 22nd through March 25th at Davies Symphony Hall. Also on the program, experience Gil Shaham's formidable technique, as well as a big singing tone and a sunny disposition at Davies Symphony Hall, March 22nd through 25th. On April 26th, Pulse's orchestral suite, The Planets, paints each deity based on ancient astrology. Take a peek behind the scenes and experience a San Francisco symphony performance in the making, beginning at 8.30 a.m. with coffee, donuts, and a half-hour informative talk at 9 a.m. Then watch as the conductor and musicians collaborate to bring the music to life. Go to www.sfsymphony.org for more details. Being a new parent means every high and low you can imagine. But Evos can make it all easier with a baby monitor you can trust. Go to myevos.com. That's M-Y-E-V-O-Z.com to see how Evos can be the eyes and ears of your nursery. Evos works with your smartphone to provide a live audio and HD video connection to your baby anytime and anywhere. On a date, at work, away on business, even serving your country overseas, Evos helps you never miss a moment. Whether your baby is with a sitter, your partner, a grandparent, or a friend, you'll be right there, too. And with unique features like smart alerts that know the difference between a barking dog and your baby crying, extensive sleep tracking data, and state-of-the-art security features for your peace of mind, Evos is the smart baby monitor for connected parents. And enter the code SPORTS at checkout for $20 off. That's myevos.com. M-Y-E-V-O-Z.com. Guess what? Right now is the perfect time to tackle those home projects you've been putting off. So come springtime, you can just sit back and relax. HomeAdvisor can help get you started. HomeAdvisor matches you to the right pro for the job in seconds. You can read reviews and even book appointments online. HomeAdvisor can help with any home project, big or small. Painting, plumbing, even remodeling. Find a great pro now before the busy season hits. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app. HomeAdvisor. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Bruce, who's on the phone? Yeah, a good friend of ours, a guy who's been doing the Golden State Warriors on television, uh, analyst for many, many years, former player Jim Barnett joining us. And Jim, got to ask you about the Warriors because the uh, playoffs are not that far away. And there's a little concern uh, locally about some of the injuries to the star players. But it's interesting. There was a piece in the uh, one of the local papers today talking about how this might actually be a beneficial to the Warriors to have some of these star players like Curry and Durant and, and Draymond Green and, and uh, Clay Thompson getting some time to, to rest and rejuvenate and ready for that long stretch of, of playoff uh, activity. I mean, I guess that's the, the, the positive way of looking at it, huh? Well, I think it's a long season, and I don't think it hurts to uh, sit out of the game. Unfortunately, or, you know, and not unfortunately you know, in some ways, but you're paid to play the game, and if you can play 82 games, uh, most of these guys want to play 82 games. But there's no question that the Warriors who have gone 
you know, deep into the playoffs all the way into deep June each of the last three years, it's, it takes a toll on them psychologically, physically, emotionally, and uh, it, it's good to get away. They don't, they don't have much break. And so, anyway, they're all, they're all getting healthy right now, and I think Stephen Curry is going to be ready this weekend, and uh, we'll go from there. But uh, it's also giving uh, players who haven't had a lot of minutes a lot of playing time over the last few games and a lot of experience, which should help in the playoffs. But this is what they're geared for. They are, they are waiting for uh, the NBA playoffs and trying to win two in a row and trying to make three out of the last four years. Uh, that remains to be seen. But uh, a lot of things are happening. You have no idea who you're going to play in the first round because it changes daily in the Western Conference. i got to ask you, you know, you've been covering this team for a long time. you played with this team. you played around the league with a lot of different players. And I'm curious to get your thoughts about, you know, you're, you're very close to this team. You're around them during practice. You're traveling with them on the road. You, you got to know these guys personally. What kind of a group of athletes is this team? Because for a lot of our listeners who are not from the Bay Area, they don't get exposed to the Warriors that much. They hear about them sort of obliquely. But this is a unique group of people in terms of their personalities, in terms of their focus. And it, it's really special, isn't it? Not just in the sense that they're a great team on the court, but they are really an unusual group of guys. Well, the whole organization is unusual. I've never seen one quite like it from ownership on down through Bob Myers, the general manager, who is, uh, I think, an incredible man. And then you have Steve Kerr. He amazes me all the time. He's such a great communicator. He knows how to say the right thing at the right time to all different people. Uh, he handles things extremely well, and he, he can treat individuals uh, on the team um, differently. He, he knows how to communicate with them. A lot of people say, yeah, you got to drain in Draymond Green, and, and he actually backs Draymond Green and, and appreciates his emotion and says that's what makes him great. Um, so he really uh, has great respect from the players, and these players are intelligent. Their basketball IQs are very, very high. They're all different. Um, you know, when you talk about Draymond Green, who's out there and you see his personality, um, but he's an incredible defender. He's the kind of core of the team. They're not going to win without him, even though they really don't need his scoring because they've got three uh, great scores in the NBA today and Kevin Durant, uh, Clay Thompson, and Stephen Curry, um, two MVPs in Durant and Curry. And they are all different. Durant, with his size, can get his shot any time. If he wanted to average 40 a game, Bruce, and you know, he could do that. But um, he plays a team game. He doesn't have a big ego. He's kind of quiet, rather introverted. Uh, Stephen Curry, you know, doesn't have the size. He kind of surprises you, but he's the best shooter in the league. There's no question about it. Um, he leads this league in three-pointers made every year. I think he's done it for six straight years. Um, he's a big-time player. He can score inside now. And uh, Clay Thompson is a great shooter. So they, they got the basketball skills, but they also have maturity. And they, they have uh, really, I don't know, they've got a sense of balance in their lives. And they're really, really good people off the, off the court as well. And, so, um, they've, and they've got one thing in unison, and that's to play together and, and to win a championship and do whatever is necessary to get to that step. You know, it's interesting. Uh, when they keep adding players, uh, you know, like Quinn. Um, and You're talking Jordan about Quinn Cook. Quinn Cook and, and yeah. Jordan Belt. It, it almost seems like the first thing they do is, you know, are you going to fit within the organization as a as a person, you know, obviously you got to play some basketball, but uh, it, it's amazing how you know you always hear about how well all the guys like each other when they're playing. 
Well, character is important. It, it really is in the long run. And it keeps the chemistry together because teams get chemistry and they work for a while and then somehow, you know, they can lose it. And you don't know how you got it. You don't know how you lost it. But with this team, because of who they are, the chemistry seems pretty intact. Um, and it seems it's not vulnerable to crack open like a lot of other teams. And so you, 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 just, you see this team also, what they've done over the last, I guess now four years, they've won more games than any other NBA team in history, putting together the, that, those four seasons. And they've done it incredibly um, by, you know, they don't go on big losing streaks. Um, it's very rare that they lose two games in a row. And when they do have a loss, they come back and, and get a win. Um, it's they're, they're unique in that. So the chemistry, besides all the talent and everything, uh, the character of this team keeps them together and keeps the chemistry uh, in, in town, in fold. Do you, do you find that when you, uh, on the opposite end, when you have teams that uh, seem to be kind of imploding, the players start getting more selfish? And then, you know, they're not passing the ball as much. And then maybe internally they're thinking about, okay, what, what's i got to show my skills off for the next team I'm going to get traded to. That's, that's always been a problem, I think, in, in professional sports and in basketball. I can speak to that, absolutely. And, and I, you know, a great example of that, all of a sudden this year, Toronto, you know, has the best record in the East. They've been a team that's been good, but they can't ever get out of the second round of the playoffs. And DeMar DeRozan is a great scorer, yeah. but he doesn't move the ball around. This year, they are moving the ball around. They are playing much better team basketball, and it shows they've got the best home record in the entire NBA, um, which is pretty remarkable for this team. And so they are a team that you know has transitioned, in, and I, I credit their coach. that They've done a really good job of bringing them together. But, yes, people can get selfish in this league, uh, and it's the coach's job to get them to buy into the program. But uh, I, I see I, – I think – more teams now, by the way, you know, these guys have guaranteed contracts and they're all making millions of dollars. So I don't know what they'd be worried about. Why I would love to have had a contract for, you know, four years for 74 million, like a lot of guys <laughs> who, who still average 10 or 12 points a game. It, it, it amazes me. Yeah. So there's no reason for them to be selfish anymore. And I do see a tendency um, of passing the ball and, and playing more like the Warriors. A lot of teams are doing that. Yeah. And so I don't see it as much as I used to see that about being selfish. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because I think the Warriors, I, it, this always seems to happen, that the, the successful teams, everybody wants to be like them. And so the Warriors are kind of you know looked at by other teams as the ideal. So there is a, a sense of, or a bit of a copycat kind of a syndrome that goes through all sports, I think, don't you think, Jim? And uh, it's actually been a good thing uh, for the Warriors that, and, and for the league. Yes, absolutely. It's made it much more competitive, made it much uh, much better. Because um, I, I really think um, I'm not. I've never been in favor of the way the three point line is dominating now, and, and I'm not sure it really has helped in in the long run. Because a lot of teams, um, it's pretty predictable basketball. Sometimes it looks like YMCA basketball. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. if you, Hey, hey, Jim, before we let you go, uh, any uh, surprises you think coming up like uh, that we're seeing in the uh, NCAA tournament? Well, there's always you know, there's always an outlier team. There's always an outlier player on a team that comes and all of a sudden changes the game and may, maybe changes the series. Um, I, I'll say this. To get Houston and, and the Warriors with the two best records in the West to meet in the finals, 
Um, it's probably 50-50. I'm not sure both teams can do that because you're going to have to go through uh, teams that are hot. You, you've seen Portland run off 13 straight wins this year. You've seen Utah run off uh, 12 wins in a row. You've seen OKC be really good and but really bad. And New Orleans has run off double-digit wins. So um, those teams are all dangerous in the first round or the second round. And so um, I can't predict anything, but I can tell you this. I, I think the two best teams are Houston and Golden State. Very good. That's hey, my hey, take on that. Jim, thanks again for joining us. We always love having you on Sports Econ 101. All right, Edward, thank you. You're very welcome. Take care. All right. You too. Jim Barnett, of course, uh, for those that don't know, not only is an analyst for the Warriors and has been for many, many years, going back to the mid-1980s, but uh, he played for 10 years. And an interesting thing about his career, Edward, we'll talk about it in a second. We're going to come back. bring that up. Yeah. Yeah, we'll come back. Results may vary. Not a solicitation for legal services. If you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. They can take your property, take you to court, even put you in jail. One call to Wall and Associates and your tax problems are solved. Wall has saved clients over $150 million in the last five years. Our average client settles for about 10% of what is owed. With one call to Wall, you'll never need to talk to the IRS again. We offer free face-to-face consultations in your local area. Remember, Wall has a proven track record with a total client savings over $150 million. Call now for your free face-to-face consultation. 800-813-9940. Rebuild or replace transmission, $3,200. Anti-lock brake system, $1,000. Rebuild or replace engine, $2,400. Truth is, once your manufacturer's warranty runs out, it's all on you. Every last cent. Get protection for covered repairs with a vehicle service contract from Toco Warranty. Unlike other companies, with Toco, there's no down payment, and the monthly payments are really affordable. Not sure how long you're keeping your car? At Toco, you can pay as you go. Keep your hard-earned cash and call Toco Warranty right now at 800-222-2313 to save big money on covered auto repairs. Prices vary by vehicle, but for about the cost of a tank of gas per month, a Toco plan has your back on expensive covered car repairs. Monthly payments are very affordable. Get your free quote now. Call Toco at 800-222-2313. That's 800-222-2313. 800-222-2313. Cancellation fee may apply. Subject to eligibility. Not available in Missouri and Washington. Waiting period and deductible apply. Coverage provided and administered by Warrantech Corporation or its affiliates. Not affiliated with any manufacturer or dealership. Visit tocowarranty.com for complete terms and conditions. This family is at home, but they won't be answering the door. They know that the pounding on the door is a process server from the court waiting to hand them foreclosure documents. So instead of enjoying the home they worked so hard to afford, they sit hiding in the dark. Mom, what was that? But it doesn't have to be this way. This family can save their home, but they must act fast. Call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions at 800-274-7312. If you're being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, missed a payment on your mortgage, been a victim of a predatory loan, or are upside down on your home, it's critical that you call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions now. 800-274-7312. Allied State Foreclosure Solutions has an attorney in your area that will meet and speak with you. You can stop the foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, save your home and your credit, but you must act now. Call 800-274-7312. 800-274-7312. Not available in all states. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. 
Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Edward Brown here along with Bruce McGowan. Now, the first segment we did, we asked a trivia question. The answer was Casey Stengel. Yes. We uh, cut out. Who was uh, a very good player, by the way. People people forget that Casey Stengel was not a Hall of Famer, but was a solid, everyday player for a number of years. He was and, always, I always think of him as an old man. Well, he, he <laughs> and when he hit that inside the park home run in 1923 for the New York Giants, that won a game, by the way. It was the only game that they won in that World Series. The, the Giants had beaten the Yankees. In 21 and in 22, and in 23, the Yankees moved into the new Yankee Stadium and won that series, and that was the only win for the Giants. And Casey Stengel, you know, barely made it around the bases, and they said he looked like, you know, when he was running around third, he looked like he was just sucking air. Yeah. Casey was quite a character. He loved he loved telling the story of that of that game because that was his big moment. You know, can you imagine hitting an inside the park home run to win a World Series game? That's a I don't care if you're, a, you know, a, a star player or a or a scrubini. That is your big moment. Scrubini, I haven't heard yeah, of that term. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he was a little guy too. Not a big guy. Yeah, he was about five yeah. ten. Kind of, oh, kind of, really? yeah, oh. kind of built like a fire plug. Yeah, not a big guy. Uh, I met Casey Stingle many many years later. Obviously, uh, when he was, uh, you know, very old in New York at Shea Stadium, he was uh, just a guest of the ballpark. Uh, he was sitting in the press box and. Uh, he he asked me a question. I can't remember what it was, but it was. He goes, "Hey, do you know where?" You know, and he had this gruff kind of voice, and his face was just you know. Long, uh, he didn't. I don't no? think he chewed tobacco, but he had these he had these furrows in his face that looked like you know. I mean, he just looked like an old guy, but he was he was you recognized him immediately. Okay, yeah. you know, Casey Stengel. He had these big ears and a big nose yeah. and you know wild eyes. He was a character. Great, great manager, though. You think about the Yankees. When he managed them in the 1950s, they won five World Series in a row. Nobody's done that before or since. Yeah. So that's pretty remarkable. And we talked earlier about nicknames. You know, Casey's nickname was Casey. His real name was Charles Dylan Stengel. Think about it. Today, we don't have, with rare exception, uh, Tim Lincecum was known as the Freak, but I don't know if he was known nationally as the Freak. How many players have nicknames anymore? It's kind of sad. I think nicknames are... Or Mad Bum. Yeah, Mad Bum uh, for Madison Bumgarner. But, I mean, it used to be that players embrace nicknames, love nicknames. You know, Mickey Mantle was the Mick. Willie Mays was the Say Hey Kid. Orlando Cepeda was the Baby Bull. Uh, Whitey Ford, you know, was Whitey. I mean, I remember covering the Giants in the 80s. They had the Caveman, Big Daddy, Will the Thrill, uh, Mitch... Hackman and Chili. I mean, talk about a great group, and they were characters. Well, they have them. they they had the Bash Brothers. They always had the Bash Brothers, Brothers. McGuire and Canseco. And, yeah, uh, the Warriors have the Splash Brothers. The Splash Brothers, yeah. but you know, I think yeah. it's more of a, you know, nobody ever refers to players today by their nicknames. And back in the day, they did. I don't know why that went away. I'd, it'd be interesting to find out why. I was going to say it's not. It's, maybe it's not as maybe it's not politic it's not politically incorrect no unless you're calling them something well maybe it's the maybe it's all about marketing and players don't want to be you know thought of as kind of cartoon characters you know i I don't know i mean kevin durant is known as kd but i mean that's not not really a nickname nickname, steph curry what's he known as you know steph Steph. and clay thompson Uh, is baby assassin Baby-faced assassin, yeah, yeah, that's what they called him for a while. That's what the writers once in a while called him. But uh, that's too long a nickname. Yeah, yeah, it is too long a nickname. <laughs> Can't call him that. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to speaking of the Warriors. I'm looking forward to the playoffs. I mean, the, the playoffs are a whole different ball game. In, in, uh, in, I think the best postseason though, the best playoffs, the the, the the sport that has the best playoffs without question is hockey. For some reason, really, yeah, hockey. They're more upsets. Uh, the games are more exciting. I think the players you can see it noticeably. They're ratcheting up their efforts. Uh, the crowds are more into it, and I think it's also because if you get a hot goalie, everything changes. 
And in, in oh, basketball, yeah. usually the, the better team wins. It's pretty rare that you get upsets in basketball. In the postseason. <laughs> hey, uh, unless Hockey, you're in the NCAA. <laughs> in the NCAA, well, it's one and done. You know, bat, yeah. in the NBA, it's best yeah. of every series is best of seven. I think the first, I think they should cut it down to three rounds, and the first round should be best of five. Like, that's like what they it used do to with be. A, yeah. In, um, well, in uh, hockey is the same thing. It's best of seven yeah. for four rounds. You play like yeah. almost two months. That's absurd. Yeah. Because baseball, they do it too. Yeah, well, baseball's first of, first round is a best of five, which I like. Yeah. You know, it makes it more interesting. And then you got that wild card game in baseball, yeah. which I think is great. I, I like it's great too. Yeah, yeah, it's all you know, and that's the way it should be. If you don't finish, if you don't win your division, you should have to fight for one game. Remember the Giants? The, the last time they won the World Series, they had to go into Pittsburgh as the wild card team. They yeah. only won eighty eight games that year. They were eighty eight and seventy four. Had the worst record of the ten teams that made a postseason. They clobbered the Pirates. I remember Brandon Crawford yeah. had a grand slam, and they took off from that point on, and they didn't lose. They came, came back and uh, you know beat Kansas City. They were down two games to one, but I mean they didn't they didn't play poorly the entire postseason. No, so the hot teams always get get it going. Sure. Well, going back to basketball for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so LeBron James arguing with Tyron Lue. Um, you know, we were talking with Jim Barnett about. By the uh, way, Tyron Lue has been in bad shape you know he's had heart i don't know if it's heart problems he's had stomach problems and chest pains and he can't sleep at night he's been taking some time off i think the stress stress yeah he's not that old he's about 40 the problem is you know i think it's just the stress of of coaching that team it's you know they've turned their roster over lebron is a great guy but lebron is almost like a coach on the court and you have to work with him and you know sometimes lebron can be a little bit Probably a little full of himself. So, yeah, knows? I wonder how often, like, if Tyrone wants uh, Tyre, Tyrone Lou Tyrone Lou wants to uh, call a play. Uh, LeBron Le- just says, "No, no, no, we're going to do this." Instead. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, not 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 knocking LeBron. Le- you know, LeBron yeah. is the closest thing to a player coach. And to be honest with you, I don't think as much as I, I respect Tyrone Lou, I don't even think they need him. Yeah. I think I think uh, LeBron. I mean, Bill Russell used to be a player coach, and he was a very good one back in the day. So, yeah, but I think he was a, a lot more respected. Nothing against Tyrone. But. Well, yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, you know, and LeBron, for all his faults, and he has a few of them, he's a little full of himself, is, is basically a good guy, and he knows the game better than anybody else. I, you know, I wouldn't mind putting the game in his hands at any time. No yeah, problem. I mean, what is this, 18th season or something? 15th. 15th, 15th but he's season? only 33 years well, old. Well, that's it. I remember him right, right out of high school. Yeah, he's amazing. I mean, I, don't, I can't remember in any sport an athlete quite like him. Maybe Wayne Gretzky. But Gretzky wasn't a physical specimen. He was no. kind of skinny, but he was, he was a great athlete. I mean, Kobe, he didn't dominate as much as LeBron. No. But, but he had the longevity. LeBron takes the game over. LeBron yeah. could take a, a team of, of mediocrities and turn them into a contender, you know, just by the sheer force of his will. He could. Yeah, but like you said, with all of the various trades, you know, Isaiah Thomas going and, yeah. and people coming Kyrie. and going. I don't see – I mean, I think a team like the Warriors, I'm not sure if LeBron would fit in. He'd no. get along with the guys, but yeah. I don't know – you know, he would – He'd have a tough time deferring to other players. And, you know, everybody in that team is willing to defer to another guy for the better of the team. And I don't know if LeBron would be that way. I think he wants to win a championship and he'll do whatever he can, but he still has the ego of a great athlete. So I don't, I don't see Draymond ref- deferring to anybody, do you? Well, he does. He does at times. Draymond is a great passer. People forget he he is a terrific passer. Really? Yeah. He leads the the team in in assists. Uh, he, He... he runs the floor like a point guard when he carries the ball. He's a, 
you know, carries the ball. He dribbles the ball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah carries the ball. You, you turn it over. No, I, I love Draymond. I love the fact that Draymond plays right on the edge. And yeah, he does get a lot of technicals. A lot of turnovers, though. But well, you know, I don't. It he's been getting better. At yeah, it. I think when he, he gets, he's tries, to, he tends to force the action a little bit. That, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Warriors are lucky. I mean, you think about that that bench they have. They've got Sean Livingston, David West, and Andre Iguodala, who are all. KG veterans, and they got the young players like Jordan Bell and Nick Young, who has been around for a while, and finally, streaky shooter, finally hitting the, uh, his uh, stride, and Kevon Looney, and now Quentin Cook, and Omri Caspi. I mean, that that's a great bench. Yeah. I don't see Steve Kerr, unless he runs into se- severe injury problems with his team, and we mentioned they've had some injury problems, but nothing super serious. You know, as good as Houston has played, I think Houston may have peaked out. They've won 20, as we speak, 24, 25 games. How, how, can they keep that up forever? I don't think I so. Know. What about if Kevon Looney suddenly comes out of nowhere and starts taking, not well, really taking over, but being a little bit more aggressive? Yeah, you know what it is about the. I think it's the system the Warriors have, and it's the fact that they they uh, give their players a lot of support and they make them feel even when they're sitting on the bench, like you know, Javale McGee sometimes doesn't play for three or four days, and he gets in there and he he blocks three or four shots. Yeah. It's an all for one, one for all attitude. You don't see that on a lot of teams. Steve Kerr engenders that kind of. Uh, atmosphere and it's rare well it is because of, of who he is i was yeah. thinking about a time when uh there a few games ago uh, uh nick young uh got kind of a little manhandled not much and and he pushed off oh i remember and, that remember yeah. that and, yeah. he, and he got called for technical yeah, yeah and and the first thing uh he goes over and steve young uh, steve young <laughs> steve kerr um, he puts his arm around him and Quinn Cook, and they just all laugh and smile. Yeah. And, and you know, it wasn't a big deal. And yeah, I, if he's playing for some other team, it probably is going to be you know recriminations and barking at each other. Or the Warriors, yeah. it's all a big happy family. And if they have any problems, they keep it to themselves and they keep it behind closed doors. You never, ever in the years I've covered the Warriors now, and I've been covering for many, many years, but I have never even heard a, a hint in the last three or four years about them having any discord in in the locker room. None, nothing. And it's a lot of that is Steve Kerr. You know, I think a lot yeah. of that is the the uh, environment that he creates. And can you imagine playing on a team where there's uh, total discord all the time? Yeah, there's a lot of teams like that, too. You know, some of these bad teams are that way. I think basketball, uh, Edward, more than any other sport, has the potential for a team to really f- to, to come unglued because you have a smaller group of athletes. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And I think, uh, you know, it's not that basketball players have bigger egos than the other sports, but they're put under the microscope perhaps a little bit more because they're closer to the fans. You see their faces more. They don't have a helmet. They don't wear a hat. They don't wear a, oh, you know, uh, and they're on, they're, they're more visible. So they're, I think naturally they're a little more egotistical, yeah. just naturally. I mean, with football, you got 11 guys on the, on, yeah. on the field at the time. Yeah, and how many fans out there would actually be able to, even, even recognize yeah. other than maybe two or three stars on the team without the helmet on. They wouldn't. You know, I don't think without so. the uniform number on. All right. So here's our, we're going to get to our another uh, commercial break here. Yeah, but this game is going. I was getting this game. This, this, this broadcast. <laughs> I'm so used to going to games. This broadcast is moving along so fast. You it know, is. we're just we're having too much fun. That's 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 what we like to do. Hey, yeah. by, by the way, when we come back, I want to talk a couple things. Richard Sherman going to the 49ers. Yeah, Jordy I like that. Nelson going to the Raiders. I like that. I, I, mean, I, I like, like him both as a those players. I don't know if he's. Uh, for some reason, I don't know. He doesn't. He seems like too nice a guy to. Oh no, to the Raiders. Him. The Raiders have always had really? you know nice guys, and I think just all the, the, the all the hype, all the hype. Okay, here we go. Who struck out three hundred and eight batters in nineteen seventy one? In the regular season. In the regular season. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's our question. Don't touch mm. that dial. Sports Econ one hundred and one. We'll be right back.
experience Mahler's glorious Fifth Symphony, regarded as one of his crowning achievements, conducted by Michael Tilson Thomas, starting March 22nd through March 25th at Davies Symphony Hall. Also on the program, experience Gil Shaham's formidable technique, as well as a big singing tone and a sunny disposition at Davies Symphony Hall, March 22nd through 25th. On April 26th, Pulse's orchestral suite, The Planets, paints each deity based on ancient astrology. Take a peek behind the scenes and experience a San Francisco symphony performance in the making, beginning at 8.30 a.m. with coffee, donuts, and a half-hour informative talk at 9 a.m. Then watch as the conductor and musicians collaborate to bring the music to life. Go to www.sfsymphony.org for more details. Hi, Sports Econ 101 listeners. I'm Edward Brown. You know me as the host of the show, but you may not know that I work with individuals getting them the least expensive term life insurance policies around. Don't be fooled by the ads you hear on TV and radio. It's always best to work with someone who's completely independent. That's where I come in. If you email me at edward at sportsecon101.com, your name, your age, and how much insurance you want, I'll run the numbers through my software program and let you know the least expensive policy around from among many of the top insurance companies. Again, I'm totally independent, so email edward at sportsecon101.com for your free life insurance quote today. Why pay more for life insurance than you need to? I can get you a guaranteed policy where the low premiums are fixed anywhere from 10 to 35 years. So email edward at sportsecon101.com right now for your free life insurance quote. That's edward at sportsecon101.com. Attention timeshare owners. This is an urgent consumer alert from Resort Release, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get rid of their expensive timeshares. Once you've made that decision to get rid of your timeshare for any reason, Resort Release is offering a Better Business Bureau accredited way to legally get rid of your timeshare guaranteed. We guarantee to get rid of your timeshare payments permanently. Even if you've tried another company to get rid of your expensive timeshare call now and see if we can help you at resort release you don't pay anything until you're ready if you're ready to learn how to permanently get rid of your costly timeshare make this complimentary free call right now 800-598-0539 that's 800-598-0539 Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Second trivia question. Uh, talking tough baseball questions here. Who struck out 308 batters in 1971? I'm going to guess he pitched for the Baltimore Orioles. and Because I know the Orioles had four 20-game winners in 1971, and yet they did not win the World Series that year. The Pittsburgh Pirates did. Uh, Roberto Clemente won the MVP. So I'm going to guess uh, somebody like Dave McNally or Mike Cuellar or... Wrong uh, team. Oh, okay. wasn't wasn't the Baltimore Orioles? It wasn't the Baltimore Orioles? They had a great pitching staff there. They year. did. Uh, well, and uh, okay, so let me Bob tell you, Gip- no, Bob Bob Gibson. No. No. Let me tell you who struck out three hundred and one batters okay. was a fly to blue. Okay, <laughs> but who three hundred and eight? Think of the Tigers. Oh, Mickey, not Mickey, Mickey Lolich. Yeah, Mickey Lolich. Mickey Lolich. Yeah, Lolich. it's funny. I never thought of him as that much of a strikeout I th- pitcher. I think it was only the, well, the one year yeah. that he had a major. He was a great pitcher. You know, he won three games in the 68 World Series, including the clinching game in St. Louis where he shut down the Cardinals 
And it's funny, in later years, you see Mickey Lolich appear at these old-timer events. And he had this big old, uh, he looked like a big old tub of goo. You know, how did this guy get on the pitching mound? He'd waddle out there. They said, Mickey, you know, not to, not to give you a hard time, but how did you put on so much weight? He goes, oh, I own a donut store. The donut franchise. He owned like four donut stores in Detroit. That's what he invested in. And uh, they said, "Well, you you really got to stop sampling, you know, your, your yeah, product. Yeah, eat, eat all the profits." Yeah, he he laughed about that. He had a good sense of humor about it. So. Boy, I tell you, that would be my downfall because I'm, I'm yeah. a donut fan. Got to get somebody like you know. What I'd love to do is get track down one of these old timers who played in the '60s baseball players. Well, we had Denny McLean on. Yeah, yeah. Get some of these guys to tell their story. You know, Jim Barnett. That's one thing. Next time we get him on, we got to have him tell some stories because Jim Barnett. Get this. He played with Elvin Hayes in San Diego, the Big E. Yeah. He played with Nate Thurman and Rick Berry in in, uh, in Oakland. Mm-hmm. He played with Bill Walton up in Portland. He played for Bill Russell his first year in Boston. He played with Dr. J mm. in Philadelphia. And he played with Earl the Pearl Monroe huh. and Clyde Frazier in New York. Can you imagine that? I mean, it's kind of like he's Walt, the— Walt uh, Frazier. Walt Frazier, yeah. Clyde Frazier. Yeah, his nickname was Clyde. But, uh, I mean, I, I just uh, – did you know that? You didn't know that. See, there's another nickname well, like, for you. I mean, Clyde, Clyde the Glide was – Well, Clyde because he, he looked like Bonnie and Clyde, you know. That he oh. always dressed like a gangster. Oh. They, they had a <laughs> yes, – New York yes, – yes, you know the New York Frazier media. Known for that. But, you know, <laughs> he, he was kind of like – what was that movie that Tom Hanks was in where he was involved with all these per- – he was kind of peripherally involved with all of these uh, – Forrest Gump. He's kind of yeah, the yeah. – for- uh, Jim Barnett's kind of the Forrest Gump. <laughs> Of I'm pro sure, basketball, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll appreciate. No, that. no, no, no. We're, I mean, in, in a nice way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's been. You think about it. He never won a championship, but to play yeah. ten years with all those different teams and in great cities too. Only oh, he played in New Orleans. He played in New Orleans oh, with right. Pistol yeah, Pete Maravich. Yeah. He was good friends with Pistol Pete. So think about all the Hall of Famers he played with: Doctor J, Pistol Pete, yeah. Clyde the Glide, Earl the Pearl, Bill Russell, uh, Bill Barry. Walton, Rick Barry, Nate Thurman, Elvin Hayes. That's like. Uh, <laughs> Eight or nine or ten of the best players in the history of the NBA. What a great experience. All the stories he must have had. I used to love Pistol Pete Maravich. Yeah, you know, yeah. he was a great college player. Pros, yeah. he was okay, he was but, okay, but, but he never – I don't think the NBA was ready for him. Yeah. I think uh, if today, if he played today, I think he'd be great because of the three-point shot because he was a great outside shooter. Mm-hmm. But what a what an artist with the basketball, the way he could dribble. Kids, yeah. if any of our listeners are under 30 and didn't see Pistol Pete – haven't seen any films of him or anything, you know, look him up on YouTube because I'm sure there's some shots of him, you know, dribbling around people. He was like, you know, uh, Metal Lark Lemon or some of these guys in the Harlem Globetrotters. Just an amazing, yeah. like, you know, Steph Curry Steph is Curry's kind of like that. Yeah, Curry. Even, even like, did they say Bob Cousy was kind of like oh, that? Oh, God, Bob Cousy was a magician. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Fran, the, the Fran Tarkenton of... Yeah, uh, <laughs> I love, uh, speaking of, you know, not I to get on a, on a topic uh, of Fran Tarkenton, but I remember one of the first football games I ever went and saw, I remember he was playing against the 49ers at Kizar, and he goes back to pass, and he's flushed out of the pocket. He runs left. He runs right. He yeah. runs left. He, he ran for about seven or eight. It seemed like about seven or eight or nine or ten seconds, and then he throws one all the way across the other side of the field and completes a 15-yard pass. I was like, what is it with this guy? <laughs> yeah, the, scr- the scrambler. Yeah, yeah. He's, that was his nickname. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he, he was guy. one of my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's see here. Uh, Richard Sherman is now with the 49ers. Yeah, how about that? Huh? He, uh, he negotiated his own contract. Yeah, negotiated his, and got a good deal, you know. And uh, Well, he's a character. I, I got to cover Stanford real closely for a couple years. I was working with the athletic department um, doing web TV interviews, and we'd have him on. We had uh, Andrew Luck on, and of course, Jim Harbaugh. He and Jim Harbaugh did not get along very well. It was quite evident. They had two very strong personalities. But you could tell he would be a good player. I was surprised, frankly, that he turned out to be quite as good as, yeah. as he 
as he was. I think a lot of it had to do with Pete Carroll's system up in, in Seattle. Pete Carroll uh, did a great job up there. I think the Seahawks are going to go through some tough times here. You know, they've, uh, Marshawn Lynch left, Sherman left. They traded a, mo- a number of their top players away. They're going through a little transition, but Sherman will be a good influence on the younger players. He's basically a good guy. He just talks a lot, but he's basically a good guy. He doesn't get into trouble yeah. off the field. He's a Stanford kid, so he's a smart guy. And, um, you know, his football IQ is high. It's almost like having a coach out on the field. So I, I think it's a yeah. great move by the 49ers. And they're building something, you know, not to say they're going to be a, a Super Bowl team anytime soon, but they're building something that looks good for the future yeah. very soon. And the Raiders, and are, you know, as much Garoppolo, as you know, Garoppolo is terrific. Yeah. If you keep him healthy, keep him upright, that's the key. Keep him healthy. And the team across the bay, the Oakland Raiders, even though they're going to be gone in a couple of years, I love what John Gruden has done. I like bringing in Jordy Nelson. I mean, get rid of Michael Crabtree. He was a diva. He was underachieving. Jordy Nelson is a tough dude. Uh, I think he'll add a lot to that team. So good moves by both the teams. It's made the Bay Area NFL football scene a lot more interesting this year. Although, as I said, we're we're only going to have the Raiders for a couple more years, and then they're Vegas bound, baby. Yeah. Now, yeah. Jordy, uh, he played for the Packers for a long time. Yeah. He just, he just gives me this appearance that he is sort of a Midwest type of person. Oh, yeah, no question. Is he? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Very good, good, easygoing guy. Um, you know, I, I, it's funny. The Raiders have had players like that over the years. They just don't push that. The Raiders have always been very conscious, not so much lately, but back in the day, they encouraged uh, the writers and the media to sort of caricature them as the bad guys, because they liked that with well, the dark with the dark ben jerseys. Ben Davidson. <laughs> yeah, but Ben Davidson was a sweetheart. I got to know him. He was no, the nicest guy on the, the field, though. On the, well, a lot of players on the <laughs> yeah. field. You, they, they turned it, you know, it's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. <laughs> Turn that, you know, I mean, John Matuzak, now that was, he wasn't a bad guy, but he was just a little crazy. Yeah. I remember going up to him after the game once and, and interviewing him. His eyes are darting left and right. He goes, you know, the thing about playing for the Raiders is when you go out in the field, you want to make the other team realize that you shouldn't even be on the field with us. <laughs> you just have to destroy their will. You know, it's like, oh, okay. Well, he was a big dude. Big dude, was yeah. 6'8", 300. 6'8", about 280 pounds, and not a not a shred of fat on that guy. He was <laughs> just – but he died young. He was only 38. Well, the drugs. Yeah, he did yeah. too many drugs. He, yeah, was, he, he was a wild child. He was, uh, he was in an episode of MASH. Good uh, actor, actually. Yeah, actually, he, he was fun. He was, he was in uh, He was in a movie, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, North Dallas 40 with Nick Nolte. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 But if you see him in the episode of MASH, uh, he – I mean, you can see he's a big guy even yeah. against other fairly tall people. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, And he had that larger-than-life personality. It's funny. When the Raiders got John Matuzak, he had been kind of a, a failure in Kansas City and with a couple other teams, and it was sort of a last chance for him. And he wasn't a great player, but he was solid. He was a good player, and the Raiders cultivated his style of play, and he fit in well with them. And, you know, he got to play on two Super Bowl champions, so that, yeah. good for him. Yeah. Uh, Lyle Alzado was also was a Raider, also, yeah. but but in L.A., not in Oakland. Yeah, that's right. So he doesn't he count. Play, <laughs> that's right, because he also played with Denver. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember if he is a little. He was a little younger than little younger, but he also died young. He had a, a brain yeah. tumor, which he he says or he said uh, was a result of taking too many steroids. You know, yeah. he th- he th- there was no proof of it, but I think he was one of the first people to point out that steroids were not good and. Towards the end of his life, you know, he admitted he'd been a, a habitual user because he he used the steroids to get healthy and to build up muscle. And yeah. you know, I, I hate to it's say steroids tempting. are still being used in the NFL. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. Well, I used to. I remember when. Remember ephedra? Oh right? yeah, big thing. Okay. Oh yeah, there well, was a big stink over that. Yeah, but it's, it was because people were abusing it. Oh yeah, because you can do. I mean, you can abuse any little sure, thing. You can. Um, uh, That's because right. I, I remember there was a, a friend of mine who uh, would 
he, it was this thing called MetaBoost, yeah. and it had. What a is that bottle, by the way, over there? That you this? Got? No, not that. That that right over there. It looks oh, like a, yeah. It's vitamin B twelve. Boy, you are. You're such a healthy guy. Look at you. Well, you know, people yeah, yeah, can't yeah. see this. Bedward's got a. He's got an orange and an apple right next to him. Healthy guy. Uh, that's just for looks. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> when your wife got... wife walks in here, what you been eating? Oh, Edward, you're taking <laughs> such good right. care of yourself. I got yeah. the co- I got the cookies in the drawer yeah, along with the candy. Go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> that's the best way. That's the best yeah. way to handle these things. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's see here. Um, a little bit of March Madness. Uh, yeah. Holy smoke. So first thing, Buffalo upsets Arizona. This is obviously a little while ago. But, yeah. Um, that's the first time that a first seed upseeded us. Yeah, the seed. Buffalo Bulls. What, what a great story that was. And they beat him by 20 points. That's crazy. Or part. how about Nevada Reno with Eric Musselman yeah. coaching? They were down by 22 to Cincinnati. They came back and won. I love Eric Musselman. Have you ever, you ever uh, listened to him? Uh, you know, he did some television work for a while. He worked for the Warriors as their coach yeah. for a while. Very outgoing, very outspoken. Um, his dad was a good coach, yeah. and I, he's done a great job up at Nevada Reno. He, he didn't do well with the Warriors. Well, the, no. nobody did well with the Warriors. <laughs> you know, they brought in Dave Cowens, Mike Montgomery. I mean, they, they ran through so many coaches, and it was Chris Cohen, the owner, who nobody remembers outside of the Bay Area. But he ran that team for 16 years, and they went to the playoffs once. That tells you how bad an owner he was. And he just ran through players. Was it just not uh... – just had no plan. They, they they were very good at marketing the team. They brought in the fans. The fans showed up, but they weren't good at building a team. They kept firing and hiring coaches. They kept you know running through players. They kept they had different general managers. You got to have some continuity. These teams that that give up on a coach when they have one losing season or don't make the playoffs, or you know they got to look at themselves and think maybe it's me. Maybe I should step back and let the coach you know give them three or four years. Yeah. You know, in the case of Jack Del Rio getting fired after two years and not making the playoffs this one year, I think it was because they knew they were going to get John Gruden. If they didn't have Gruden waiting in the wings, they probably wouldn't have made that move. And the same, and you know, the Warriors made a huge, uh, took a huge risk when they fired Mark Jackson, who was yeah. very popular because they had no guarantee that Steve Kerr was available. He just happened to drop into their lap. You know, I mean, that was a. Uh, well, and, and do you remember the owners, Lacob uh, and, and, Gru- and, Gru- and Gruber? Gruber. Gruber. Getting, um, they got booed. Oh yeah, at the very beginning. Yeah, well, also they traded Monte Ellis, who was a very yeah. popular player, and Rick Barry had to come out on the court and defend. You know, literally, yeah. hey, come on, fans, show some class. You know, yeah. You know, Rick always yeah. likes to argue with people. He's he's the well, he he was type. right. I mean, Monte he was Ellis right. Was was you know, yeah. The, the more tattoos these guys get, which I'm a little I'm a little disappointed in Javale and yeah. and, and uh, McCaw getting tattoos. No, I'm, I'm never, telling you, yeah, I've never <laughs> been a big fan of Monte Ellis. He was a good player, but how many? How many winners has he played on? You know, he, he was a good player, yeah. but you had to put him. On, I think if you put him on a on a good team with people that really kind of focused him, not a bad guy, but just you know, well, he just sort of typical won. of of the NBA yeah. of the nineties and, and aughts. You know, that selfish. You know, yeah. yeah, shooting the ball all the time, not passing the ball. That's what I love about the Warriors. They share the basketball, and they, it's all for one and one for all. And I think that philosophy has spread around the league, and it's changed basketball. It's that's the way basketball was played for years. That's the way it should be played. That's the way it still is played over in Europe, and that's the way it's being played again now. Yeah, if you have a player who basically hogs the ball all the time like they do at the YMCA, you know, I mean, even your own players, they're not going to really want to no. pass to you much. No. And, and you know, Unless you're just so good, you know, like LeBron. But even LeBron, LeBron gets a lot. LeBron the other night had 17 assists. Yeah. You know, he's, he's I mean, he set up Kevin Love for the game-winning shot, so... You know, well, he's uh, definitely passed the ball more in the last few years. Oh yeah, well, he's just a more complete player. 
He's a great defender. He's a great shooter. He's a great. He can do everything. There's nothing he can't do. I think also as guys get older too, they realize. I mean, now LeBron's still. I don't want to say he's at the peak of his game. Maybe you know he's starting to wane a little bit. But... He says he is. Okay. He thinks he's at his peak. He's at his peak. Okay, but you know, thirty-two, you should be. Yeah. But if see, you, you know, if you're in the NBA and you're young, you think you can do everything, you know, you're not as, as willing to pass the ball. No, maybe not. Yeah. Okay. Tell you what, we're going to go to our last trivia question here. Yeah. Talking hard baseball. What team fired Joe McCarthy two years before he led the Yankees to a 1932 World Series appearance? Oh, I know that one. Really? Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. So it's not quite as hard as we thought it was. Well, no, it is hard. I mean, you have to be a baseball Aficionado. Aficionado and historian. <laughs> I, see, that, that, that's the thing. I remember all these like meaningless little yeah. items from the past, but I can't remember my own social security number. You yeah, know, that's I good. Mean, no one will steal it from you. Okay, <laughs> don't miss that dial. Sports Econ 101. We'll be right back with some closing comments. Are you a business owner or an individual who owes the IRS? Then be prepared to write down an important phone number. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? Do you need to file back tax returns? Are you dealing with bank levies and wage garnishments? It's time to deal with your IRS problem today. Call Certified Tax Tax Representation now. Certified Tax Tax Representation, Inc. represents clients just like you in all 50 states. They will contact the IRS on your behalf the same day that you become a client, and you can become a client immediately. It's time for you to face your IRS problems. Think about how great you're going to feel when you're represented by a company who's an advocate for you, who knows the law, who also will contact the IRS the same day you become a client. Call today for your free, no obligation consultation. Call now, 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Not all cases are typical and some may not qualify. The consultation is free and so is the call, so call right now. 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next. Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. 
You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101 last time. For today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Here was our last trivia question. What team fired Joe McCarthy two years before he led the Yankees to 1932 World Series appearance? That would be Joe McCarthy. I know. What team fired him? Oh, Chicago Cubs. Yes, very yeah, yeah. good. Interesting story behind that. Joe McCarthy was a great manager uh, during the Lou Gehrig era, and I think he, I think Babe Ruth was still with that team. He was kind of winding his career down when Joe McCarthy joined him. They played the Cubs, and I'm not sure if it was the 30, 34 World Series, but they played the Cubs and destroyed them. Uh, and Babe, that's the one where Babe Ruth and, called, and, a shot, called a right? shot yeah, at Wrigley yeah. Field, and the fans were throwing lemons at him <laughs> and giving him all sorts of... And he, he points out... and. Points out to right field and hits the next pitch out. And as he's running around the bases, he says to himself, "You lucky sob." <laughs> yeah. You know. And the fans were just like they were they were doing the the, the equivalent of what people do, like you know, we're not worthy. Where they're sort of bowing down. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chicago fans, you know. That's a great story, though. I know. I wonder how many uh, people will be looking back in time and go, you know, man, we used to boo, you know, LeBron or or. Well, yeah. nobody boos Mike Trout because he's just a yeah. good guy. But you know, certain certain players, yeah. and then they realize, oh my gosh, this guy was like a Hall of Famer. Well, uh, booing know? is a sign of respect in some in some quarters too, though. I mean, it, the fact that you care enough to boo for some, you know, the a guy that's on the other team you don't boo is like, oh, I'm sure he'd love to be booed rather than ignored. Yeah, well, so. that's why I think like when a guy's shooting a foul shot, mm-hmm. instead of doing all yeah, like this just. Totally be silent because yeah. uh, it would throw him off. He wouldn't be. Yeah, used to it. that's a good point. Yeah. All right, here's our thoughts for the day. It's not what I have in my life, but who I have in my life that counts. Ah, that's good. Like that? Well, you and I are lucky. We both have wonderful women in our lives. That's true. And life is not a problem to be solved, but a reality to be experienced. Uh, that's true like too. That too. I like that. All right, we got Very good. a couple of winners here. Couple of winners. Winner, 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 chicken, chicken dinner. dinner. <laughs> Where did that one come from? I know, you know, I was just thinking about that. Where did that come from? I don't know. All right, tune in next week to Sports Econ 101. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective and asking more sports trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm your host, Edward Brown. We'll see you next week. Good night, America. So long.